Welcome to Necessity. I'm Marguerite Pierce. And I'm Lindsay Jackson. And as we are all quarantined in our home, you know, having guests on our show does not stop. And we are so lucky and so fortunate to have the lovely, phenomenal Erica Garcia from the Nueva Alma Yoga Studio in uh, Yonkers, New York with us today. So welcome, Erica. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Erica, we are going through a pandemic right now, and you are a yoga practitioner, and we want to connect with you so that you can help our listeners find tools and resources that will help them cope and manage during this really challenging time. So, um, first, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what brought you to the mat. Okay. So... That's um, a very fun and uh, direct story, right? So I'm 48. Yeah, I'm 48, and I've been practicing yoga since I was like 16. So you're talking 32, 33 years. Um, I was a, as a child, I was a gymnast and a dancer. And then, you know, once I transitioned as a young teenager, and, you know, I grew up in the Bronx, single mom. You know, she was like, we don't have money to be doing these gymnastics tournaments, dance things and all that you have to stop I happened to find yoga through an old book um that didn't have the cover and I and I always joke because coming from New York you know like back then they used to have like little you know like the pocket mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. if, and if it didn't have the cover you didn't have to return it so somebody abandoned this <laughs> yoga book and I, I didn't realize so years later that it was light on yoga but I you know as a former gymnast I remembered that I always felt whole when I was breathing in my body, upside down in movement, and I wanted to feel that again. So I started to follow this little Indian dude with little loincloth and, you know, like doing these moves in my little bedroom apartment in the Bronx. Um, and being Puerto Rican, you know, uh, you know, my, my grandmother used to always say, you know, you know, we're white, we're black, and we're Indian. Mm. And I will always remember, because she was very bougie, you know, she'd be like, <laughs> her little girl glasses down, drinking her bustelo, and she would look at me like, what is this kid doing, you know? <laughs> and I remember one day she said to me, what are you doing? And I said, yoga. And then, of course, in her Spanish, she was like, yoga, 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 what's this, yoga? And I was like, <laughs> look, and I showed her the picture, and she was like, oh, my God, this kid got it wrong. I said we were half Indian. She picked the wrong ones. So in <laughs> Spanish, she's like, those aren't our Indians. <laughs> Those are the wrong ones from really far away, man. And I was like, well, I'm digging this. Feels good. And she was like, this kid got it wrong. I don't know what she's doing. These are the wrong Indians. So um, (laughs) fast forward, you know, around that same time, too, um, my mom, as a single mom in the summer times, would send me to Puerto Rico every summer to be with my other grandmother and her two sisters. And I thought they were crazy because who's reading, you know, tarot cards, they're smoke rolling cigars, they're, you know, like hanging out with the peeps, up, down, everywhere, um, very connected to our Afrocentric, you know, you know, what makes us, that gives us that extra in the culture. And at the same time, I thought they were crazy because I would open up their cabinets and there was nothing like but mason jars with dried flowers and 
roots and stuff like that. So I was like, I have this injury. And she'd be like, go find this flower, mm -hmm. go three leaves down, grab this. And she would like mix it up. And little did I realize that they were teaching me herbology. Mm -hmm. And we would go to the market and I would pick the fruits every day. And she would teach me when to pick the fruit, when not to pick the fruit, whatever. So they were teaching me botany, and which is, you know, a stem from, you know, Ayurveda. And it all resonated that I was like, oh, that's what this guy's talking about in this book and the natural herbs and whatever. But at first I was like, these ladies are crazy. They're collecting branches, you know? <laughs> and my mother was like, just listen to them. And then mixing it with olive oil and making me drink it or rubbing it on me and I smell like it and I can plant all over me. And um, fast forward to 30 years later that they were my best teachers ever mm. were um these great little old ladies and and all the and and these oral traditions that when you understand yoga was orally tra trans you know transposed you know through the generations and so were my so were my ancestors were doing it and this came from you know the indigenous indian side this came from the african side and this is how we find that happy marriage um yeah. and then so I've always been in movement because I realized that movement was what made me feel whole and connected. Mm -hmm. And uh, the deeper that I dove into yogic practices and realizing that they really are just, you know, these Vedantic principles, pe many people don't realize they predate every single religion by 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. And they, if you take out the dogma of every religion, it really just comes down to just the universal principles of just being a good human. Yeah. And and finding peace. And all of it resonated with me. Um and you know, part of my like like we'll call it my jam as a yoga teacher is that, you know, I've been in it for very long. I'm one of the more senior teachers in the industry that is the only Latina with curves mm. and rock my gray hair and I've been teaching for many years. Uh for over a decade I've taught I don't know, 10,000 hours of teaching. I've trained many teachers. I've cer I certify teachers. I mentor yoga teachers. But a part of what makes my, my offering unique is that I've never lost who I was. Mm -hmm. and, and staying true and authentic to myself because these were all tools that um, they were like always in my back pocket to keep me whole. So no matter what came at me, I knew there was like if I just stood connected, mind, body, and spirit. God, you know, God, I'm, I'm riding on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And my relationship with the, with the great God or goddess is is one that's within and my best friend. You know, I talk yeah. to him all day. I'm like, right. did you just say that? Because I just saw that like coming <laughs> out here. You know what I mean? I don't believe in this like throw yourself down. You know, ever present, punishing being. I believe in this this thing that just supports me in everything mm -hmm. that that I that I need and do um and that was fortified more when I I didn't start teaching yoga until I'm a 9-11 survivor and um you know I'm very I think part of the healing happens when you're transparent mm -hmm. and you learn to breathe into the trauma by mm -hmm. spirit to get you through mm -hmm. um because we all have trauma, various levels. And I know that I've been, I've had other yoga teachers say like, well, your trauma is different than my trauma. Yes, 
but we are human organisms and we're beings and we all have, and right now with this pandemic there's not a single person in this entire world that right. is not feeling this so we're all like basic right. yeah ground level you know yeah um and i understand that you know because i came from the you know from this culture but then i was also from the bronx and then you know half my family was one religion and half was the other religion and you know, then there's the shades, right? I was the darkest one in my family, so they used to call me La Negra, and I'm really not, if you look at me, La Negra, but according to all the blondes and blue eyes in my family, I am. So I do understand the colorism. I do understand being the one from the single parent, from the one of the only first divorced kids, you know, in the 70s and all that. Um, and I just studied in my own truth, you know, I was the only curvy one, and I wasn't Spanish enough for the Spanish kids, I wasn't right, black enough, enough for the black, right, right, you know, so I just had to learn to, I call it the, the spiritual surfer, right, I just had mm -hmm. to, like, surf, mm -hmm. and find, find where we are all more in common, I, I learned to shift my lens to Seek more the commonality than the difference. Because the there's always yeah. going to be different. But if you come from a place of love and just where are we common, then you could always be in the human experience. Mm -hmm. And and as a teacher, that is what I teach teachers to teach mm -hmm. is let a, everyone let everyone find their own level of unpacking what's going on in this yeah. moment, mm -hmm. so that. And allow them enough space to have that human experience. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a 9-11 survivor, so I have the PTSD from that. And it's been raging now with this pandemic. With the pandemic, right. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Um, you know, I also was diagnosed with an autoimmune illness that, you know, partially paralyzes my body every few years. And I've had to use the yoga on the physical aspect to rebuild my body at least five times. Mm -hmm. Um... And I've had to find spirit again. You know, the studio is named Nueva Alma because it's new soul translated in Spanish. And it's because I, I just truly know what yoga has done for me with that. It's a moving prayer. It's a moving surrender to that which is greater than you because there is something greater than us. We all have different definitions of it. But it does bring us that movement and that silence of the mind brings us to a state of peace and calmness that cannot be described so i know that when they people take classes with me they leave with that experience because i bring them back to that state of wholeness yeah. um if i could just and, interrupt and, i want to just yeah. say that that's something that you know i personally experienced coming to your studio you know a co-worker of mine and she's a friend as well lizette she introduced me to your studio and i remember attending the first 8 a.m sunrise uh session yeah. and i mean and i was in tears sobbing but there was just a way that you had the ability to not just connect with the people that were there but encouraging people to connect with themselves that were also there you know and so yeah. it was just so profound it was so powerful that I miss it and I um and so that also she's been in this morning <laughs> yeah talk to us a little bit about like how you're being called to you, you know serve during this pandemic Make? How are you able to pour into people without the studio? Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm also a businesswoman. I have a nine to five, despite I run the school and the fact that I run the studio and the foundation. And, um, you know, I was 
very ahead of the curve with, you know, I think we're going to have to close because this thing is airborne, right? And it was very, very comforting to know that people were still showing up. We were busier than every, every, you know, ever because everyone said, we know how clean you are here. We know because you make us clean our mats. Wipe down the block. Yeah, and, and wipe down everything. And believe it or not, that's, again, another yogic principle, saucha, purity, keeping yeah. clean. You know, and it's because I've, I've just slowly instilled the discipline in all the students because people don't realize that these yogic practices, again, these philosophies, these principles, if you take away the dogma, it's just about being a good human being, in and out, healthy and whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I've had to shut down. We've, the doors have been closed temporarily since, I think, March 14th or 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately went online and I am, you know, uh, again, another yogic principle is reigning in the ego, right? So I've resisted being seen on camera. That's why I even asked you yesterday, is this audio or is this video? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause that's, that's my yoga working through the stuff. Right. Um, and it's funny because I have management and, you know, my manager was like, you need to stop being the Wizard of Oz. You have all this information. <laughs> and you're putting it out there on social media, but nobody's seeing who it's coming from. Yeah. And it was important for me to digest that because there's so many people that have account managers for their social media and who's writing what for them. And everything that's on all of my platforms is me. Right. Because I'm not going to have... Nobody can represent me better than me. Right. You can make a, a, a caricature of me, but I am me. So every post is me, every delivery is me because I don't want anyone to ever misconstrue what is being said and what is being delivered because I know from the space that I come with. Right, so see you. But they haven't seen me. So is is Erica real or is she not real? Mm -hmm. You know, those who know me like you do will be like, oh, yeah, those. that's Erica's words. I can hear her saying it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. As I hear your voice, when you said that post, I hear your voice. So. I've had to come out from the mask and it's been, it's been, that's been my yoga coming, coming away from the mask and, and growing. And again, it's just been another layer of, um, being transparent. And as yoga teachers, uh, we are healers. We are, um, whether we recognize it or not, um, we are teaching a modality that brings in stillness and healing in that individual. I may not be a doctor, I may not be a therapist, I may not be, you know, uh, whatever other license you need for those type of, you know, callings, but I'll be damned if you think you don't leave the mat from an experience with me without having felt some kind of release and wholeness. Um, So you're putting that on Zoom? So you're putting it on Zoom? Okay. How will the people get onto your classes? So I still have everything on mind body, just as if they were still coming to the studio. The classes are listed there. I'm teaching all of the classes right now because I'm still being there for my teachers who are human beings and also need healing. And as a business owner, I need those who have had the confidence in having membership with us know that I'm the one that's standing present and being present and holding space still for everyone. Um, especially because I'm still taking the memberships because I'm still I'm still I'm serving still them. The right, right. I'm still serving them. I'm teaching 22 classes a week, wow. six days a week. That's a I'm lot. doing two meditations. 
Yeah, on Sundays I do one meditation and one vinyasa class. And Monday through Friday I do four classes. I do two meditations a day and two, two movement classes a day. So they're wow. still being served. Many other yoga studios have gone to one class a day or whatever. Mm. And I'll tell you, we're still getting a good, you know, 20-something, 30, you know, people a class because they're still getting the experience. Right. Um, experience. Do you think, do you think, you know, you're able to kind of keep the, the, the numbers? That sounds kind of high for, for, like, considering that they're not physically showing up in the studio and they're showing up online. Do you think it's because people are now more in need than ever for meditation and for yoga like what are your thoughts i think it's twofold um you know there's i and i've learned and again it's it's funny because you know when i train teachers there's two main things that i teach them and it has shown up now which mm -hmm. is you need to be so strong in your verbal cueing that you shouldn't have to touch someone, that your, your, your words should be able to land on the body physically and the spirit mm -hmm. so that they can feel what it is you're trying to deliver. Because yoga is an experiential science, mm -hmm. and many people are not teaching it that way. Mm -hmm. If I, I am not, like, this is my screen, and yes, I have two mats down, I will quickly demonstrate something, but if you look at my yoga classes online, I'm not doing the yoga with you, just like I don't do it in the studio. Right. In the studio, I teach and train my students to learn to listen, mm -hmm. because you need to learn to listen so that those words can land and the body can react. There's a way of verbal cueing where you hit left and right brain where you can deliver this experience that is so profound. I don't need to be in front of you. So I'm actually sitting with my microphone looking at bodies and I'm giving, I'm like, Lindsay, lower your left hip. And, you know, Eileen, straighten out that standing leg. And, and I'm giving you so many adjustments that they are fully in, in their bodies, which is what it's supposed to be versus looking at a screen and following and looking at a screen and mm. for that they could do it for free and just get some video on YouTube. That's not what yoga is about. Right. If you're paying, you're paying for it, you need to be feeling it. And so, you know, uh, and again, as a yoga teacher, I'm still adjusting my languaging and I'm always in a state of learning. So I literally pulled out, I'm looking at the books right there. Um, I pulled out some new imagery books for me to even fine tune some of my languaging on some poses that I know aren't landing the way I want them to, because I want them to get, if they're giving me those 60 minutes, it's an honor at this point that they're trusting me in a space where they need help, mm -hmm. whether it's physically or mentally, it is a true honor that, especially because it's so cannibalized, everybody's online, everybody's thinking they're going to get famous now. And, 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 and again, they're in their egos. All of that will die down, and the teachers that are serving, like myself, will still test, stand the test of time because mm -hmm. the teachings are timeless. It's about letting go of my own ego, which I, thankfully I'm always unpacking, um, and recognizing I just got to stick my heels in and keep delivering what I've always been delivering. That's why mm -hmm. I've been around for so long, is mm -hmm. that um, I just got to learn to shapeshift. And, and just still be there. So the Zoom classes are still working. Will they die down slowly? Yes. Um, as a businesswoman, I just have to now see the true landscape of what it is. And we are now a virtual studio. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, you know, but in the next month, I have to probably change the memberships to what is a virtual platform because that's the respectful thing to do is, mm -hmm. okay, we're physical, but now we're, we're a virtual. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you also, I'm looking at the opportunity that, you know, I do work from home several days a week. So I might as well now, once we do go back, continue to do these online do virtual. classes mm -hmm. and do both right. so that. If you're stuck and you got stuck on the train and now you got home too late, oh, but you know what? I know that there's an 8 o'clock virtual class. Let me jump into that one. Yeah. Or, you know what? I've been loving the morning meditations and I can still take, you know, do the 7.30 meditation and then go jump on the train. Or, you know what? I could do it with my headset on, on, the, on the bus mm -hmm. and just still experience it. So I think I am going to now, that's the opportunity is we're going to keep the virtual going and the, uh, that'll be me once we get back into the studio and then the days that I can't because you're forgetting the studio is in New York and I live in New Jersey mm. so it's still a way of me still being there when I don't have to be there um, and I think it'll be an even much more robust offering to the students with their membership to, again to respect their hard earned cash because especially now so many people just don't have it Right. And while yoga is a necessity, it's always been viewed as a luxury. And I think now the shift is where people are understanding it really is more, it really is not a luxury. But um, the American way of doing yoga has to stop mm -hmm. and it needs to be accessible to all and it needs to be respectful to all. And I don't mean just price wise. I also mean in how it's being delivered, and that's another right. thing that I've always been teaching my teachers. Like, you need to learn your languaging where you're not disrespecting someone or triggering someone where, because they need to feel safe. They need to feel safe with you, and they need to feel safe with their bodies, and especially now that everybody's in a different varied state of trauma, yes. you know, whether they're an essential worker or just a receiver or teacher or a child everyone's in a different state yeah that safety has to be restored for everybody right it's not just you know everybody experienced this one traumatic event and you need safety restored it's like right now we're all going through this traumatic event so like every single day you need assurance that you're safe you know yeah. physically mentally emotionally you need Absolutely. to know that you're safe and connecting through yoga allows you to feel safe with self and then also whoever it is that's guiding you, yeah. like you, right, through this. Yeah. Um, so, so then you would say that yoga is a good practice for people to get engaged with during this time, during this Absolutely. pandemic. I wouldn't miss a day. Mm. I would not miss a day. I kid you not. Um, it's what's been helping me. You know, I, it's what's been helping me. And I've, I've again, um, knowing how it helps with trauma, I specifically geared the classes for that to happen. Okay. So there are some people that need a good shakeout. They need to shake out the nerves. They need to like just sweat it out and get it out. So that's why my early morning classes are the faster pace, let's sweat it out mm -hmm. kind of classes because the nervous system may still need that because they didn't rest overnight. And they may need that shakeout in order to get to work and be present with the people without lashing out at someone or, or like you know just coming out when like it's like I just I just dropped the pen I didn't realize that the whole world was about to come down on me because mm -hmm. I just dropped the pen you know what mm -hmm. I mean mm -hmm. my five o'clock classes were specifically geared for different things so my Monday five o'clock because some people even if they miss the morning 
they may still need that five o'clock shakeout. So I do right. the five o'clock shakeout. But Tuesdays and Thursdays, because now we've been sitting probably all day, the Tuesdays and Thursdays are chair classes. They're, they're a stronger chair class for building strength, but I'm trying to get them to move because they've been sitting all day hmm. because now they're all working from home. Now, Wednesday, midweek, I did a yin class with a little bit of soft flow, but yin, you're forgetting also, right, is to get into the tissues and ligaments, second chakra, iliopsoas, not painful, uncomfortable, right? <laughs> but what we do, we're in that second chakra, which is where our fight or flight is. Uh, and to restore and pull out the stuff. So midweek, I'm pulling out all the extra stuff. And then Friday nights, what I did at 5 o'clock is Yoga Nidra. The art of Shavasana, just letting go, healing, so that you can just let this week go, get ready for the weekend so that you can be present with your families and just let it all go and start with a new slate for the next week. So I specifically, my classes are for exactly what I know that People wave are transitioning is. Through. Yeah, throughout the day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not here. Like, I don't, you don't need me to learn how to do a perfect handstand. That's not going to help you. That's not going to help mm -hmm. you through trauma. It's not. Mm -hmm. You know, side crow, all that, that's fun for extra. Right now, everybody needs healing. They need peace. They need meditation. They need um, fight or flight restoration. They, ne they need to pull all that stuff out. And that's the yoga they need now. And meditation. They need the mindfulness. They need to clear the chaos that's going on in their mind. And through the meditation they'll also work the emotional landscape. And, and the meditation, the mindfulness meditation helps with the rumination of the mind. It builds mm -hmm. flexibility, cognitive response. It, it takes you out of the head of reacting and just fully being coming aware of yourself and self-regulating so that you can listen and respond versus react. Yeah. Um, it makes you much more mindful in, in your words because it allows you to listen and be much more aware of what's going on beyond your body and being much more compassionate and connected with the other individual, deeper listeners. You totally need it, which is why I'm doing two meditation classes a day too. And with, yeah. with the meditation, do you think like, like, cause I like in terms of consuming news now, like it, there's a lot of fear in a lot of yeah. the things that I read and a lot of the things that I watch on the TV, whoever's press conference, it's just like, you know, you, you feel this, this tension and you're walking around with huh. the heaviness and, you know, I'm like, how do the, your meditation practices and classes and yoga cl classes, like pinpoint that, that angst that we're all carrying, that weight, that heaviness that we're all carrying? Yeah. So the, the movement moves that energy out of the body. And so you do need some of the movement. So I do mindfulness, guided mindfulness meditations, which is very different because I'm constantly delivering you a beautiful dialogue to help you navigate what's going on in the body, mm -hmm. which is also very good for beginners because a lot of people are like, I can't sit down, I get bored. Right. But I guide you through with enough time to just really find that beautiful release and centeredness by the time you're done. So I do different topics. Um, you know, like uh, the one of the main ones I've been doing these days, right, is like, the art of letting go and calming the chaos in the mind and learning to just bloom where you're planted and letting life unfold, unpacking the feelings, getting back to our roots, um, to just finding the, just the general, the daily miracles of the day, you know, mm -hmm. finding that state of, you know, like what used to feel mundane is now so important to us. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and just appreciate it. You know, people, you know, people don't realize that feelings get buried and they don't, they don't go away. You know, buried feelings, they stay alive and they get little, little antlers and they get little antenna. And now is when it happens. So to safely allow the breath to unify ride that wave and just exhaling it out is, is such a beautiful release if it's done right. Mm-hmm. If it's done right. And that, and that's what I do. I do is the 7.30 in the morning one, we've been calling it the morning crew because in the 7.30, I'm very spiritual. And so the, the tone of the 7.30 morning ones have been more like, let's find the daily miracles. And it's been a little bit more prayerful. Um, and I've been just like riffing and speaking to God or goddess and just bless who's in this room with us today and, you know, just cover them with a hedge of protection and let them have mercy and just keep it going. The one o'clock, so like the midday pause, boom, you know, all right, I have 15 minutes, it's my lunch hour, let's sit down and I've had a hectic day and let me help, help me find this, this getting together so I can finish the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So I get different crowds, which is kind of cool. Um, and I get some that do both. They're like, you kidding me? You get me through this day. If not, you know, my husband wouldn't still be here. My kids would be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you, Erica. You're saving my family yeah. from yes. destruction. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes, totally, totally. And you know what? I, again, I think I'm going to just continue this because I can use this midday break and the yeah. morning start, you know, to keep me on a schedule. Um and honestly, because people don't realize once they start reopening the states and reopening going back to work, there's going to be a whole other wave of, of, yeah. of trauma that if you yeah. didn't think was there is now going to start resurfacing. Mm-hmm. So the meditation is going to be huge with helping people just transition to what is the new normal, yeah. you know, and building that resiliency to all these shifts that are taking place because, you know, you may be resilient now because you're safe in your four walls. But the moment you step out, now all of a sudden these new fears are, are going to start to surface, mm-hmm. you know. And and even the essential workers, like, they may be holding it together now. But, you know, people yeah. don't realize these people are, you know, that they're serving their – half of them are dying alone because the families can't come be there. So they're not only taking care of them, but they're also the one conducting the hospice and mm-hmm. transitional life stuff for them. And they're probably all here keeping it together and I so would rather them take meditation and do yoga versus at the end of the day going and having, you know. A drink you know, or whatever, a, right. A or a joint or something else. Yeah. Like self-medicating isn't what's going to help them. It's, it's really just releasing and processing and metabolizing all of this stuff and letting it just come out of you is what's going to keep everybody healthy. Yeah, I think of the secondary trauma, but I'm thinking of the worker who is actually experiencing that, who is there, yes, holding somebody's hand that they don't know, who really needs their family, and you've got to hold that space. you yeah. got to hold that space, and half of them aren't, aren't equipped to that. do that, yeah. And how about, like, having to do it 15 times today on my shift? Like, right. they're, they're, it's just... And my heart goes out to them. So if I don't even know if you realize, like even this morning, I said for this Wednesday, for I was like, how can I help them? So I started like throwing, if if you're an essential worker, privately message me. I will get you my Zoom link. Take the class for free. Like I just want to be there so that they know when they're ready. They may not be ready now, but they may be ready in two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. They can just like, hey, Erica, I, I need a class. You know what I mean? And and. Mm-hmm. As a teacher, yes, could I use the $10 donation? Absolutely. But me holding space, 
that's way more important because if you don't have it or it's not there right now, human to human, I just need to be there and, mm. and, and I just need to serve and it's my way of giving back because that, this is all I have, but I know it's a gift and I know right. it can be used. So I'm giving it, you know, yeah. so yeah. that's what I've been doing. Right. And, it, and you think about just how valuable that is and how much that would be paid forward, right? You holding space for these essential workers that are just taking on so much and Mm -hmm. allowing them to be in a different mindset to show up differently for for Mm -hmm. the people that are coming to the hospitals or coming into the grocery store and all that stuff. Exactly, exactly. It's just, it's almost, it's going to be an exponential payout pretty Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it'll 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 be paid forward. Yeah. It totally, yeah. totally will. Yeah. I, that's not that's the least of my concern. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Erica, as you talk about you know the prayer and the and meditation, you offered that you would you know close us out with a lovely uh, meditation or prayer. Um, so before you take us there. Uh, let us let our listeners know where they can get connected with you. What's the best way to to find you and, and get into yeah. these Zoom classes that you're doing? So uh, if you don't mind me, right? So we have the studio is NuevaAlma.com. Um, you can find me directly uh, at EricaGarciaYoga.com. Okay. I'm on social media, Instagram and Facebook, mainly Instagram if you want to directly quickly message me if you don't want to email me. Um, I also have a nonprofit foundation that I created after Hurricane Maria that has been resurging now because people, mm-hmm. um, and actually corporations, right? Because I'm, we're doing corporate offerings too for a corporation that would like to have a 15-minute dial-in for all of their employees while they're at home. It's, it's been a very progressive way to do, do that. Um, but there are some people that said, you know what? My funds are low, and I've been able to offer them an opportunity that if you make a donation to the foundation, you're, through that donation, we will offer it, offer that service to you. Oh, nice, so they, nice. it's a win-win. So they get the tax donation, you know, and and people have been paying it forward too. So if they've done one, they've then said, "I want to pay it forward, and can I That's buy nice. another session for that for this group or whatever?" Which has been pretty wonderful, actually. Um, so that those are the best ways to reach out to me, and you could always just you know directly email me, Erica at Erica Garcia Yoga, and it's E R I C A, not K. So it's K. E-R-I-C- yeah. so okay. E-R-I-C-A at E-R-I-C-A-G-A-R-C-A. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, so how many minutes do we have? I can do, do you want a quick little meditation into prayer to, to end this off or just want prayer or just want meditation? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to start. Uh, yeah, I'm open too. Maybe do, maybe meditation into prayer. Okay, so we'll do like uh, three minutes and three minutes, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So why, why don't we sit comfortably? So everyone who's sitting, just sit comfortably in a nice, easy pose. Bring your palms up on your thighs. Allow the chin to fall down to the chest. And just close your eyes. And allow the face to get soft. And let's just find our breath together. So everyone together, just take a deep inhale for a count of four or five. So inhale, two, three, four, five, hold it at the top, and then open up the mouth, exhale, H-A, ha, inhale, two, three, four, five, hold it at the top, and exhale, H-A, ha, 
Ah. And then close your mouth gently. And find the rhythm of your own breath and just breathe here. And just taking these moments of stillness so that our minds can just relax. It's so important. Taking each moment, moment by moment. Listening to the breath. The face remains soft. The forehead is soft. The jaw is soft. The neck gets soft, which allows the chin to fall in the direction of the chest. The elbows bend, allowing gravity to pull the shoulders away from the ears. And as you begin to feel the breath, feel the breath as it rises up through the spine, through the crown of the head, and then exhale, letting it fall down. Feeling the earth support you under your seat. Can you now direct the breath to the circumference of the casing of your skin? So feel the limbs. Direct your breath to the limbs. And then direct the breath to your chest, to your heart center. Just soften the heart center. Soften it enough so you can feel the chest expand with the inhales. And then collapse down with the exhales. And just finding your sweet spot. Then focusing on the tip of your nose, trace the coolness of the inhale breath as it goes through the nostrils into the back of the throat and into the lungs, filling the lungs with this precious new air. And then conversely, feel the exhale breath. Notice how it's different. It's a, there's a release, a detoxification. Let all the old air out. And then just scanning the body. Notice if there's any tightness or tension anywhere in the body. Sometimes there's a difference in temperature, feels warm and hot. Just exhale it out with the exhale. See if you can just soften and neutralize those spaces. Don't try to name it. Just practice non-attachment and just feel the wave and letting what's natural in the body just soothe you. Feeling the sense of calmness. breathing here you know the days may feel different from each of us these days right so taking this moment to connect we can just come together near and far without a difference of age state color financial circumstances getting rid of all the labels just being humans together bringing this breath this deep inhale this exhale as one breath collectively in unison as one consciousness Allowing the chin to fall down a little bit softer towards the chest. Continuing to breathe into the heart center. And then 
slowly coming back into your body bring your hands into namaskar which is prayer pose and then bring your two thumbs to your third eye center and bow even more deeply as i seal this practice with a beautiful prayer as i thank the god or goddess of your own understanding your own higher power and creative consciousness or even the ever-present great mystery for this beautiful time together to collect the Collectively, as sisters, get together and support and empower one another. Taking this moment to be together, breathe together and heal, allowing this precious breath to nourish us from our tissues to our bones, allowing us to experience ourselves and each other as one, so that we may conclude and we can step forth in the best expressions of ourselves today, protected by that great light, shining this beautiful love and light into the spaces that are dark within us and within all. Blessed be. Om Shanti 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 Namaste. Take a deep inhale. Just like that. Ah. Beautiful ladies. Thank you so much for allowing me to do that great. for you. That was Thank great. You so much. That was great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Appreciate you so much, Erica. We really do. do. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.